0: Let your voice be heard right here on WHCR 93 FM, the voice of Harlem.
1: We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz with Meredith Barnes and Alyssa Fuchs. And we just finished talking about the current state of Brazil while the Olympics are happening. We talked about poverty, crime, slavery, and, of course, racism. Because no matter where you go, slavery is always there in this world, unfortunately. Thanks a lot, institutionalized racism. But anyways, we come back with some Kenneth Lamar and we're getting ready to go into the news roundup where we talk about our favorite news stories, things that happened this week, and make you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or sometimes cat daddy and break your toe. And I want to start off with me because this is some fun, is some funny news. Cockroaches! It's going to get so <laughs> hot in New York City, so humid that cockroaches are going to start flying. Now, let me tell you guys something. You guys have never seen cockroaches fly, probably. Of course, Hopefully I have. Not. Oh, you went so, oh, yeah, in that, Texas. That so one probably, the other yeah. day
2: wasn't flying. <laughs>
1: Uh, I sprayed so... I'm, I'm probably going to die of poison. I sprayed so much roach spray behind my bed my after yeah, that. Yeah, you're
2: going to die of poison. Yeah. It's all right. It took two... Me and Stanley... Oh, well, we're on a roach killing mission the other day yeah, was, <laughs> <was> like, a, <laughs> he's like hit it and i hit it again and then he's like and then i was like oh shoot it's not dead it was, he's like oh hit my gosh zombie
0: yeah. zombie cockroach so
2: in my
1: defense guys i got into a bike accident this week and i broke my big toe and i really sprained my shoulder so it's now to the point where i can lift my shoulder up pat, like past my head but at that point i could barely move it but um anyways when i was eight years old i went to haiti for the summer and at nighttime. Roaches would fly into the, our shack because, yes, we, I was in the shack in Port-au-Prince, it'd be hundreds of roaches flying in there. Oh,
2: man, it was the nasty. scariest,
1: nastiest thing you've ever seen. And whatever, I don't know what kind of spray we have, but we would just shoot those roaches with that spray. <laughs> and it would happen after the power went out because where we lived was very poor, so the power would go out at 10 o'clock.
2: Didn't you hear in Texas they just shoot the roaches? Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing.
0: Right? I'm sorry, like, I just can't possibly get any support like for you because this was my i grew up in texas and in in florida and spent all of my time in stables with horses so i'm not trying i'm gonna let you finish oh, oh, oh.
2: Kind of but i've seen the worst time i've seen the, worst. I
0: seen oh the worst big oh. as your head what they walk upright Roaches.
2: It's yeah, like man. A Mouse. Okay, but let's get back wait, to seriously? your
0: adorable story. No, no, about... seriously. Yeah,
2: Stan. Oh,
1: I am. Never oh, wait, going guys. There. I No, seen, not, they don't, they don't oh, walk guys, up, right?
2: I saw a, a huge roach the other day, and his name was Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> and, and he was losing really badly in the polls. Thank
1: you so much for changing the conversation. <laughs> my skin was crawling.
2: I want to know, though. I want
0: to. So they were flying in. Power was out. Port-au-Prince, Haiti.
1: Yeah, and like we were just like so we were just killing them with whatever we could. But it was really scary, and I was eight years old. We
0: didn't even kill them. We just sort of, like, say hey.
1: Oh, my God. They're big as your head. They
0: live... Their lives. So, guys, violet? back to that giant. Maybe not roach. head, but hand, definitely. Yep.
2: Back to that giant roach called Donald oh, Trump. This uh, week the segues. Donald Trump Thank insinuated you. that one of his supporters should assassinate Hillary Clinton in the latest turn of events, and <sighs> he Donald didn't
0: Trump... mean it like that. He, it was a joke. <laughs> he of he course, it was. He meant shoot her in
1: the face. LOL. Not shoot her in the face. Straight <laughs> face. Like
2: you know, <laughs> like uh, like you know, just Second Amendment people. It's just like you know, she's got to pick the judges and stuff.
1: It's like when I say Donald Trump is about as useful as a bag of burned condoms. I'm just joking. I don't really mean that, actually, I do. See?
0: But that doesn't threaten his bodily, like health and corporal well-being he threatened he is inciting people to shoot her which is a very real
2: possibility in this country calm
1: down woman listen Ah!
2: dan rather put out a statement and was like we've never seen anything like this and basically donald trump needs to step down right now he should not go any further forward the gop needs to put somebody else in you know what i hope gary johnson plays spoiler because that's his plan and I mean either way, it's like Hillary's just blowing Trump out right now and I don't wanna to get too far ahead of myself, but yesterday's swing state polling has her winning in Colorado, in Virginia, in Ohio, in North Carolina, possibly in Florida. It looks like she may also she could also win Utah and Georgia. I mean like states that Donald Trump should be winning like it's it look I, I you know i like i said anything can happen in the next 85 give or take days but like as far as it looks right now it's like donald trump keeps saying he's going to get back on track and then he starts talking about megan kelly and right. the well, disabled that's, reporter right that's the problem right because like shooting hillary uh, you know like he's sabotaging himself
0: yeah and uh, as my understanding cuz i i too was like you know, come on GOP, like do something. And I read that there's actually like some bylaw or whatever, how it like normally functions with these nominations where nobody can take Donald Trump out of the race at this point, except for Donald Trump. So if he doesn't resign, that's my understanding. And please. But uh, unless something happens and and he were to pass away or to resign himself, which I absolutely cannot see happening with his ego, we're stuck with him. Well, the GOP can't remove him from candidacy, right?
2: Uh, I mean, it's too so late
1: in the game. No, now. he
2: really have to step down. I mean, I'm trying to think if I, I guess there's a they really can't. I mean, I've never it, it's it's. Well, these are the two instances that are codified in their bylaws. Yeah, it's in their own bylaws. Like, it's up to the party. It's not Mm. up to any—it's not the Constitution. It's not any political process. Like, it's the party. So you're saying they could, like, change the bylaws? In theory, they could, although that's supposed to happen at the convention. I just, like, don't seeing it happen. Anyways, I know we want to get to talking to Baltimore, but before we do, really quickly, I wanted to mention a really, really interesting article that everybody should check out in the New York Times. It was written by a rabbi, and what he talks about is— he asked the question, is God transgender? And he uh, cites to many, many instances in the Hebrew Bible where gender terms are used interchangeably, where Hmm. supposedly male figures are referred to as she and supposedly female figures um, such as Esther are referred to as he. Um, And a lot of gender fluidity within the Old Testament that a lot of people overlook because they read the Old Testament in English, instead of mm, reading it sure. in, in Hebrew or in, um, you know, one of the languages that the Bible was originally written in. I know there's another one. Aramaic, uh, Aramaic and thank Greek you, as Greek. well. Right. So what he essentially says is that if you read the Bible in the correct language, you find that there's a lot of intermixing in that Jews didn't necessarily believe that God was male or female, but they believed that God, uh, or at least ancient t- in ancient times, Jews believed that God was essentially transgender and was gender fluid and occupied both genders and I just thought it was really interesting mm. I I think everybody should check it out and I'm sure it will cause an uproar within at least part of the religious community Stanley? I think that
1: makes a lot of sense in the bible it says that God created us in his image well men and women are his image so why wouldn't it would theoretically That's that makes really sense.
0: interesting yeah yeah um, but wow. yeah it's oh, definitely... we're gonna piss
1: off a lot of people listening to yeah. the show right now Miss Deborah you know I love you <laughs> but you know how I feel about this stuff okay but take it easy on me I can barely walk so, um, guys, I, we do have to switch gears. I want I want to make sure we have some time to talk about this. The Department. Of Can Just- I
0: plug one thing? I won't do go, any go, commentary. Go, go, go. Time Magazine yesterday published an incredible and heartbreaking article, accompanied with some of the most stunning photographs that I've seen in journalism uh, this year. Uh, it's called Venezuela on the Brink. Um, Venezuela is dying is another way that you could find it. Time Magazine, check it out. It's crazy down there.
1: Thank you very much. So, guys. As you guys know, the Department of Justice did an investigation to the Baltimore Police Department. And as what usually happens when the Department of Justice does an investigation on a police department for a big city, we hear some pretty damaging, upsetting, frustrating things. So here are a couple things that we found out. Baltimore police target black Americans even when they're totally innocent of any crime. The Justice Department was unequivocal that Baltimore police referred to as BPD in a report disproportionately targeted black residents even when they were totally innocent.
2: Baltimore
1: escalated typical policing situations so into unique. violence for no good reasons i'm
2: so surprised the
1: problem ran all the way up to the use of force which the justice department found was regularly deployed by baltimore police despite absolutely no need to it reminds me of a time in new york when my dad called the cops on the neighbor and the cop tried to arrest me and they asked me what i was doing there, and i said i lived there and the cop said who the f you think you're talking to and then tried to get aggressive but that's another story for another day Another thing, before Freddie Gray, the police were warned about the dangerous transportation practices that killed him. In 2011, there was a lawsuit filed by a woman and her boyfriend who were in the back of those paddy wagons and talked about the dangerous and the police did not do anything at all. What, what makes this investigation interesting is that the mayor actually invited the Department of Justice to do this investigation, which I think is a quote unquote sign of goodwill. And along with the police being horrible, they're not properly funded. And also when cops tried to incorporate community policing, they were penalized for it. There was oh. one officer who reported another officer for, su- for doing something racist or, or bad, and they started putting signs on his desk, stay in your place, mind your business, know your role. There was another officer who would go into the communities and try to talk to the residents and build relationships, and he was put on desk work. That is how deep the problems were running in Baltimore police. They have a new chief, as you know, they fired the previous chief after Freddie Gray was killed, and so far they have fired six police officers. But on top of the egregious things that was happening, the police officers in Baltimore were also forcing sex workers to perform oral sex on them to avoid arrest.
2: See, that's actually shocking. I mean, because that's something you don't hear a lot about here in New York City. So all the other things that you mentioned are things that it's like, you know, sounds like the NYPD, not really any surprise there. But yeah, I think the most shocking detail of the entire report is the sex abuse, because not just because of it in and of itself, mm-hmm. but also because it's criminal, right? It yeah. means that these police officers are like, you know, there's always this saying about jails, that the line between the jailer and the jelly is very thin, right? I mean, but here, the line between the cop and the criminal is extremely thin. When you're forcing women to engage in... Well, it's not. You know, it's not. Not it's not anymore. a line anymore, right? You have now crossed that line yeah. from cop into criminal. When you're now when you're forcing a woman who's not consenting and can't give consent into performing sexual acts on you, you're no better than some two bit rapist that's sitting upstate in a prison.
0: Well, and that's tied into some other stuff that came out in the report and that is actually a little bit more. Uh, I think less shocking in in the way that this is in terms of its uniqueness, but the idea of, and this is widespread in and out of policing. But the dismiss the dismissal of women who are reporting rape and and sexual abuse or sexual assault. If you already which was which also came out in the report that there's a pattern of this dismissal of of women reporting assaults. Um, of a sexual nature and not of a sexual nature. They've
1: asked them, why did you do this? Why are you trying to destroy this guy's life? One of
0: the articles that I read uh, quoted somebody as asking the woman, did you have an orgasm? As if that is in any way. So there's this pervasive culture where that's not a valid uh, crime, essentially. They don't think it's investigative, you know, rises to the level of needing their attention. Well, then, yeah, I think it's very obvious that you these same people would be people who don't see these women whether they're sex workers or whether they're just uh you know in another situation where they've run into the police as people are human enough to be able to be violated they just are who knows who knows how they're viewing them subhuman certainly um and so they there's probably some you know to sit down with one of these men or women officers who, who've engaged in this and say, like, what were you thinking? I think you'd have a lot of, well, you know, she was in this dress and yeah. what she's, come on, she's a prostitute. Like, yeah. that's what would come out if you really got them to sit down and talk you through why they committed this crime. Yeah. I don't think they would agree it was a crime.
1: So now we have the Ferguson um, DOJ report, we have the Baltimore DOJ report, we have the Cleveland DOJ report, and we've seen much of the same things in all these reports. Have you gotten to, to racist report fatigue yet?
0: Uh, I that's not a luxury I'm willing to afford myself. Yeah. Uh, I I know what you mean, and I it's definitely particularly when you... It is so similar every time these reports come out, Um, and then you have these, like, shocking outliers. For instance, in Chicago, this vid- that video release where it had, like, 45 minutes excise, and they wouldn't release it. I think there are certain moments where there are these spikes of, like, are you kidding me?
1: Like when a cop's high-fived after they killed a the guy?
0: But, it, but that's in and of itself something that I, I'm not quite sure how to get around, but I, I, I feel remorseful about. I feel remorseful that we're at this overload point where it's only these incredibly egregious things that really get us like, oh, gosh, that is shocking about yeah. these, um, you know, sex workers are, are being forced to perform sexual acts with police officers or this blatant, you know, suppression of and then editing of of the videos in Chicago. I mean... That's sad that it takes that.
1: No, you're absolutely right. So, Alyssa, I want to kind of bring you back into this conversation. As a civil rights lawyer, obviously, I think you'd be having a field day if you were in Baltimore. I have a and field day that, here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but as a civil rights lawyer, um, well, and maybe maybe this is not in like in like in relation to your position as a civil rights lawyer, but I guess as a concerned citizen and like a as an ally in the a, in a fight for racial justice, how do we like how do we address these things legally? in places Mm -hmm. like Baltimore and New York City and Ferguson and Chicago?
2: Class action lawsuits is one way. The other way is the Department of Justice. I mean, those are really the two ways that you're really going to seek change within the system. I mean, obviously there are many things that we can do to seek change outside of the system to get involved um, in our own communities. I mean, I'll give you an example. We've been able to reduce the number of fair beating arrests in certain places by Mm -hmm. doing our swipe it forward action that we've done many times. I'll give a shout out to the groups in the coalition to end Broken Wind knows that I've been doing it with. The idea is if we're spending $1,750 per rest for somebody jumping a turnstile, which is a 275 fare jump... Um, then it would make more sense to just provide the fare and reduce the number of arrests, and that's what we've been doing. We've been going into the communities and giving away free swipes. Then the police can't arrest people, and that lowers the number of people having punitive interactions. But from working within the system, there's two main ways that things get done. Uh, is One, the Department of Justice brings a civil rights investigation. Um, that's de- what happened here, right? That's where we right. got the report? That's where we got the okay. report. The Department of Justice did this in Baltimore. They also have done it in Ferguson. Um, they have not done it, so to speak, in, in New York, and that is due to the Floyd lawsuit and other lawsuits regarding policing that are being brought by private civil rights attorneys, but um, that the Department of Justice has sort of weighed into or weighed in on, but... Um, and they haven't brought their own investigation here, so that's one way in which it happens. The DOJ sues the locality um, and brings a lawsuit, and then the locality is forced into having to make changes as a result of a settlement or an eventual settlement with the Department of Justice over civil rights violations. The other way in which that occurs is through class action lawsuits, as I mentioned. Private civil rights attorneys, uh, like myself, um, like you know other people that are in the criminal defense and civil rights bar, because a lot of times a lot of civil rights practitioners are also criminal defense attorneys though Mm -hmm. not all of them um, bring major class action lawsuits um and that can be done from the civilian perspective, um, but it also can be done from the police officer perspective, as we, as we saw when we had Edwin Raymond on, and I'm going to do a shameless plug, you should really check out that interview we did with Officer Raymond. It was really a, a, a great and insightful conversation, and we were lucky enough to have him here mm. in studio to talk to us about the NYPD-12 lawsuit. You should totally check that out on our website, www.lyvbh.com. It is in our archive shows, um, but that's another way so you can have the the officers sue the department over policing um You can have civilians do it. You can have the Department of Justice do it. At the end of the day, though, it's going to come down to a settlement, and it's going to come down to what uh, oversights are enforced and and how they are monitored. And what we've seen following Floyd is that we have, in fact, seen the number of stops and frisks without suspicion drop since the the settling of that lawsuit back in, I think it's 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But at the same time, we still have numerous issues with respect to police. That haven't been dealt with, um, or that were not subject to that settlement, or were not part of what was sued there. So it's an incremental process. Um, a lot of times with the DOJ, they because they have broader authority, they can have things happen quicker than a civilian lawsuit can. But at the end of the day, it's it's just a long process. Police reform and takes work and time.
0: What you're saying about how long it takes, I mean, that's this is a question I have. Why don't we see more class action lawsuits brought by people who are organizing in protests? Why are they not being it does it just well, take time? or well, no,
2: it 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 takes you have to it takes time. it takes money. like just mm. like to give you it without going too much into detail, you know, in order to bring a class action lawsuit, like, m- you first have to investigate it. You have to find class members. Yeah. Uh, you have to come up with what your theory is going to be because if you, you know, like there's certain requirements. I don't want to get into too many legal details. Sounds but like there's a paper. Certain requirements yeah. of a class I action. I want to know why the lawyers um, are superi- pro bono. You know, this. like uh, s- certain standards that you have to meet about whether or not you have the superior class, whether or not you have common claims. It's called scant, right? So it's just it's a superiority. It's just a lot of commonality legal Can you stuff. Ascertain the class numerosity. Thank God
0: for Alyssa and her ilk. Uh, you know. So Where there, would we be?
2: There's a lot of different requirements that go into bringing a class action lawsuit. It's also, it's a lot of work, and it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And so you have to have the time and the resources to be able to bring these kinds of suits. And you also have to have the wherewithal to see them through. I mean, mm-hmm. my office has class action that goes back to 2008 that is still currently pending. And wow. We have a new class action we just started that, you know, we don't know how long it's going to go on. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not... It's easier said than done is what it comes sure. down to. And a lot of times, attorneys don't want to take on a lot of this work and a lot of this risk and money if they don't think they're going to be able to recoup it down the line.
1: Thank you so much for that, Alyssa. So, guys, we do have to go on a break. When we come back, we'll be going back to the Olympics, but talking about some of the stories you're not hearing around the athletes and some of the jerk reporters who are covering the Olympics. But, hey, I'm just being objective. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Hampton. How does a bastard or- Son of a whore and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by Providence and and Squalor. Grow up to be a hero and a scholar. The ten dollar found father without a father, got a lot farther by working. W. H. C. Bobby, by, being a lot 3, F-M, by being New York self started by fourteen. They placed him in charge of a trading
2: charter, and every day while slaves. were...